we pivoted very quickly and realized that because everybody was basically sent home, that we had this knowledge that we could share with them. So we quickly pivoted and said, okay, we're going to call all of our prospects, all of the people that have signed and have left to just say, how can we help? Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about mental toughness and overcoming adversity in sales. I'm Brad Seaman. All right, excited today to have Lisa Seal, the Vice President of Revenue at Belay. Belay is the leading virtual staffing solutions company established in 2010. They provide virtual assistants, bookkeepers, web specialists, social media strategists, everything you need to grow your business. They're also endorsed by Damon John from the Shark Tank as his primary virtual staffing solution. So I'm excited to have Lisa Seal on today. Take a listen. You know, tell us a little bit about um, Belay, about the company, how you got started there and mm-hmm. um, and kind of how, just tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. So Belay is a virtual staffing company. Uh, we provide executive level assistance, bookkeeping, website specialists, and uh, social media strategists all remotely. Um, we have been in business for about 10 years. I um, stumbled upon Belay back in 2014 as a um, stay-at-home mom who wanted to get back uh, into a career um, and really was hoping to find something that was legit work from home. And even 10 years ago, um, I it, they started this awesome company and, and it actually was legit. Um, back then, um, there weren't very many legit work from home. What's what's, a, what's an illegit work from home? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just, I just think like the, when I first started looking, um, there were all these, you know, you want to be a cold caller from home or customer service rep from home. There was nothing that I felt like I could sink my teeth into. Um, and I, I was just networking and somebody told me about this amazing company and, um, I, I've just never looked back. It's been it's been the pinnacle of my career, I would say, is this company. Um, so I'm I'm really honored to be a part of it. That's that's awesome. I I know that it's um, it can be difficult to be culture focused while you have a virtual business. But can you tell me a little bit about the the cultural the culture and what makes it special? Because I know there's a there's a there's a real hint of specialness um, at Belay. Yes, yeah. So we've we've been just honored with many many cultural cultural awards um, each year, and truly believe that that is that is lends itself to our success. Um, so at Belay, we're super intentional about relationship because we're remote. So being that the whole corporate staff. We don't sit in a building together. Um, we're really intentional about time together um, and make sure that we have uh, filled the gaps um, of communication that happen naturally in an in-office setting. There's no water cooler. There's no coffee break. Um, so we're really intentional about replacing those gaps. Uh, things from having a, um, a community. We started off with a Facebook page. Now we do it all within our CRM, but a community chatter, if you will, um, so that people can share their their highs and lows each week. Um, we have quarter uh, quarterly meetings where the whole company comes together and the company um, corporate 
staff, if you will, together. The company invests in us with um, professional development together in person, even though we're all going to go back to our remote um, setting. So it's just very intentional about the relationships that we carry with one another. Um, I've told friends and family that, you know, at, at my point in my career, I've worked for a lot of companies and I have never felt closer to my coworkers than I have at this company, which is crazy being that we do not work together um, in person. Um, so it's it's just an amazing place. Not only that, the vision, the vision and mission of our company is not, um, unfortunately, with a lot of companies, it's not just a saying on a wall or a, you know, a, a statement in a book that sits on a bookshelf. We truly live it out every day. Um, and we make sure that all the decisions that we make and the team time that we have, we are honoring um, those, those, like I said, that mission and, and our core values. That's awesome. And then do you have like from a company makeup is what's the average, like what, what do the, the deals look like? Are they small businesses? They're large businesses? Our target audience is that small to mid-sized business. So I would say from the solopreneur, successful solopreneur up to, I would say about a hundred person employee type business where they don't have departments for administrative staff. Um, and, and truly since COVID, we're getting more and more calls from larger businesses that are rethinking how they staff. Oh, I, I, oh, I bet. Are you finding yourself or does, is your company, since you are so involved in the admin portion of the business and your virtual, are you finding yourselves being almost a consultant to how, how you do virtual business? Yes. Um, it's funny that you say that. So because of COVID, obviously be, we've done this for 10 years. We um, not only work remotely, but we lead people who are new at working remotely. So, you know, obviously these clients come to us and we give them a virtual executive assistant um, and they most likely never worked remotely before. So we have to teach them how to do that with their VAs. So we took all of those resources um, that we have internally that we share with our client base and actually created a course um, called the Remote Leadership Masterclass. And then we also created a, a, another course called the Virtual Assistant Masterclass because we realized that so many people, especially now with having to be homeschool parents, um, are trying to, to find a new career working from home. Um, so we created a class or a course, if you will, of how to be a successful uh, virtual assistant. Now, has that been... Um... Do you find it that it's hard for people to go from working in a bricks and mortar place to working virtually? Like, what do you think some of those transition points are? Yeah, I think, uh, well, for me, I mean, I know that I, I always say if I didn't work remotely, I wouldn't work. Um, but at the same time, it's the my biggest complaint about my job is that I don't see my, my teams every day, right? That's really hard. So I'm an extrovert. I love people. Um, and so it can get lonely if you're not super intentional about spending time. I don't have a one-on-one -on -one with somebody on the phone. We don't do conference calls. We do video calls and we always have. Um, so we were very early adapters of Zoom um, and we, um, we have to replace that human interaction with at least face-to-face -face interaction. Um, so that's difficult. And the other part that I think is hard is not hearing your coworkers 
work. So when you've got a sales team, it's it helps you to hear somebody else have a conversation and you learn from them. Um, but so what, what we record all of our calls. So we're really intentional again about replacing that gap um, so that that you don't feel it when you start working from home. Yeah, you're making me laugh because I'm thinking about like as a sales leader, you know, you want to kick your door open and go walk out and hear everybody talking. Yes. At the baseball games, they're piping in the the fans. It's almost like you need to pipe in your sales <laughs> team into your office so you could so you could hear them hear them hear them working. And I do. I have the coolest um, software that I can actually see when they're on a call, and I can just join the call, and it keeps me on mute. They don't even know I'm there, um, so it's pretty cool. There's, it's just getting smart with software. That's uh, that's that's awesome. So, you know, kind of transitioning to to sales and how COVID has impacted um, the sales team and the sales environment. I know you mentioned this focus on relationships. How has that impacted your sales team this year? How have those relationships that you've built with your prospects? How's that impacted your sales team? Um, I would say it's impacted us um, very positively uh, because when, you know, everything shut down, whatever that date was for you, for me, it was March 13th, when everything really shut down and we saw our um, leads essentially stop um, rolling in because we are an inside sales team. So uh, literally, you know, nobody was filling out our web form. Nobody was going to our website and all of the clients that had signed within the last six weeks, I would maybe not all, most of the clients that had signed within the last six weeks of up to that date canceled. So we, you know, of course, the salespeople, that's scary. Um, financially, that's scary. And also you want to serve these people well, um, but nobody knew if they'd have a business to serve. So we pivoted very quickly and realized that because everybody was basically sent home, that we had this knowledge um, that we could share with them. So we quickly pivoted and said, okay, we're going to call all of our prospects, all of the people that have signed and have left to just say, how can we help? We know you've found yourself at home. Here's a list of tools we use. Um, We created a landing page on our website that was tips for how to work from home. Um, Our CEO and COO created a webinar, how to lead from home. Um, Our our VP of HR and our CEO created a how to lead from home when you have children doing school next to you. (laughs) Um, So we quickly decided that we needed to be a wealth of information for all of our prospects and um, in clients, in contractors, um, so that we could share that with them to make their world a little less scary. Um, And we left it at that. We didn't try to sell anything at that point. It really was, how can we help? Um, How can we make this better for you? Um, After things started getting a little bit better and we started to see a rise coming out of the COVID uh, pit, if you will, Um, in May, June, we started noticing that those same people that we reached out to were reaching back out to us, thanking us for our time, and then asking us more about our services. And July, we had our largest month ever. That's awesome. Now, do you contribute? A, do you think that would have been a different um, outcome had you guys not taken that that kind of servant sales approach first? Um, you know, I don't know because we've always been that servant sales. We are. Uh, my philosophy on sales is is so um, 
based in the in the approach of we have a solution to your need and let's make sure we're a good match for each other not just can i sell you something and so i think when you really um focus on that you naturally have a relationship so i think they already felt that with us in their initial sales call and regardless of whether they just didn't sign up because of covid or they signed up and canceled because of covid they just felt that being reinforced from their initial contact, if you will. Um, and when things started coming out of the fear factor and people started realizing their businesses were going to survive, uh, it was just natural that they reached out to us. Now, did you, how are you guys set set up? Like is the team, you got, in, do you have an inbound and an outbound team or has there been a transition? Yeah. So it's interesting. This this was the big year we were going to go outbound. Great year, huh? To go outbound. <laughs> so we have always been an inbound sales team. So our team relies on incoming leads that come from our partners and from our um, affiliates and from our amazing marketing department that um, just does an incredible job with digital marketing. Um, and so we've always just been on the receiving end of that. We do some prospecting from old leads. Uh, but really, or and past clients, but really it's always been inbound sales. This year, so we were super excited. Um, this time last year, we were planning for 2020 and we started out in the church world. And so we decided to create a role that was specific just to the church world so that we could have somebody out, feet on the street, going to all the big events in the church industry, making sure they knew who Belay was and um, making sure we could serve them well. Well, then COVID happened. Um, so the, all the events that were, they were my, my BDR, my outside salesperson was planning to go to obviously got canceled. And so she had to pivot as well. Um, she has, has done very well this year in spite of the situation of not being able to go to any of the events. And we have seen an increase in our, um, our branding, if you will, in the church industry, but yeah, I'm looking forward to next year for her. <laughs> Now, what's that look like? So it sounded like that role was, you know, heavily event based. Has she then made yeah. the transition to the phone then? Is she using phone and email to, to spark yes. up those conversations? Yes. So she has done a couple of the virtual events. Um, she is really um, using the phone and Zoom really more than anything. So video calls to um, connect with not only the churches, but the um, the, the organizations that serve churches so that she's a part of having a seat at the table of those organizations that um, globally serve, serve the church world. Awesome. Are you guys using, we just had last, or maybe two weeks ago, we had um, Margaret Henney from CoVideo, which is a, a video email platform. Um, do you guys use video email at all in your, uh, in your sales process? We do. Yes. We, we use a lot of videos. Um, we've been using BombBomb um, and we have a software system called Outreach that connects to Salesforce that also does some video. But yes, we send videos in email quite often. Yeah. I think that the one thing that it's fascinating if you ever read the Gong, like, so Gong, which is a recording application um, for conversations, they put out a lot of statistics and it's really fascinating the impact that that seeing somebody's face has on the sale, on the sales cycle. Uh, they claim Absolutely. it's as much as three times more 
likely that somebody will close with you if, if they can see your face during the, the process. Yes, I, I have heard the same statistic and I don't know that I can measure that um, here, but I will, I will say that we have um, definitely gotten a lot of good feedback on it where we hear people say, you know, I loved this video. Thank you for letting me see your face. Um, and the sales team, the other thing that they've done to pivot a little bit um, this year is they never did Zoom calls with clients because we felt like it was too big of an ask for the for the like prospects. It was too big of an ask for a prospect, but we're finding they love it. They want to connect face-to-face rather than just on a phone call. On a phone call. Well, I, video is weird to me, whether it's Zoom or a BombBomb or a CoVideo or any kind of application. There, there's a natural kind of pushback that I think you have uh, personally to like wanting to be on video. And some people obviously personalities are geared towards um, being on video, but other people have this kind of natural um, kind of push push on not wanting to be video. Well, COVID comes rolling through. Everybody's so yeah. comfortable being on video, you know, having crazy stuff, cats, dogs, kids. Running saying, in the background. That's, that's all <laughs> been thrown out the window. And um, it's really laid the groundwork for people to sort of to bring down the um, maybe business facade, I, I think that's yeah. ultimately what it violated initially. Was like, hey, I have this, I have this kind of business persona that I want to keep that I don't feel like transcribes on video all that well. And COVID right. just tore that all down. So every everybody, everybody, all up on the video. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny we actually have resources to teach our contractors on how to show up professionally on video because you know, you don't want people forget, right, that they're actually on video. You don't want somebody working from, you know, an area in their home where you've got kids walking behind you. And, you know, we still believe that you still have to show up with a, a level of professionalism, a, a level of decorum, if you will. Um, so, yes, we we are very mindful of that. But again, we've been doing this for a long time. So for us, this wasn't new. Right. Um, you know, kind of transitioning back to the the sales process. Um, what What is the... Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about how you got maybe more in detail, kind of how you guys think about your inbound versus your outbound. And then what's that look like in the future for you guys as you grow that team? Yeah, so our, we have found that our, of course, best lead is a referral, right? Word of mouth. Somebody who's experiencing our service, who's telling all their friends. Um, and so our and we have a wonderful referral program. We pay, we pay well for those referral uh, referral clients um, or prospects. Um, and so from word of mouth and our digital marketing that we do, um, our partnerships are extremely important. I was just in Nashville last week um, with one of our, our larger partners at one of their conferences. And it is um, it grows our business. Uh, greatly when we really spend um, a lot of time with our partners. So inbound leads will always be um, the core of our sales team. Our outbound sales, we have to be really strategic about it because our staffing model is not like really any other that's out there prior pre-COVID. People didn't know what a virtual assistant was. They hear it and they think, oh, offshore, um, you know, uh, maybe not U.S.-based type inexpensive support. Well, Belay is not that. We are we are truly a executive level 
virtual assistant firm um, with U.S.-based VAs. So we, I feel like there's a lot of education that has to go into the sale prior to being able to um, even get in front of them. So we have to prove to ourselves to a company that we are a solution they haven't considered yet um, and hope that they'll hear us out. Because again, they hear virtual assistant and think it's something different than what we actually offer. Um, since COVID, I think that's gotten easier because they hear virtual or remote and go, yes, now I've experienced that. Right. The, the, stig- the stigmatism is off of the vir- yes. virtual. Yeah. It is. is. So, yeah. So the outbound piece of what we do, um, that is certainly my uh, focus of growth. Um, And it's just being strategic in what that looks like. Do we do we put it in verticals of industry so that there's a salesperson going towards a specific industry or is it um, key accounts? There's a couple of different ideas that I'm considering for the next two years, three years, if you will, of what I see that the growth of the outbound team looking like. And I do see that it will grow to match my inbound team. Um, so it would be almost essentially doubling the sales team. But I, it can't just be the old school um, uh, door knocking like it was 10 years ago before everything became digital, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Now, how have you, you know, the partnerships, because uh, it came up internally, so I was curious, um, how, wh- what's that model? I know that's been pretty, so from my observation, um, you know, it looks like you guys have done a really good job on partnerships. I think I saw on Good Morning America, Damon John had mentioned um, Belay yes. as his go-to virtual assistant. I, I know that <laughs> yes. you guys early on got involved with Michael Michael Hyatt and his and his team. Um, what do those partnerships look like and how have you guys, like, tell me a little bit about the partnership strategy. Yeah. So the partnership, we just, and my, the conference I did last week was with Entree Leadership and Dave Ramsey's okay, organization. Yeah. And that was amazing. Um, and the, the strategy behind it is the people that follow uh, these people, these folks, are they our target audience? Are they the people that truly need have this need that we have a solution to. Um, and so Michael Hyatt is a perfect example. Um, most, uh, most of his followers are small to mid-sized businesses, um, people who are trying to grow their business. Same thing with the Dave Ramsey group. It's, it's the, um, successful small businesses that are trying to grow, um, and don't necessarily need a, department of administrative staff or a bookkeeper full-time. Um, because our model is scalable, um, those folks are our perfect target audience. Um, so building relationships with those strategic partners um, allows us an audience to their audience, if you will. Um, and we nurture that um, with all the sincerity that we can uh, because we feel we we have something to bring to their client base that will really truly help them succeed, um, and it in, it's in line with their mission for their own client. Um, so we have found that their um, their advisors or coaches are out there talking to these small businesses, and oftentimes it's you need help, 
and we have the right company to help you. Um, and so it's just making sure that when we partner with somebody, the vision and mission are similar. There's a, there's an alignment in our belief. Um, and then obviously a need for, um, the service. Yeah. You know, it can be really difficult. You know, typically when I talk to people about partnerships, um, there's usually an express discontent, you know, cause they're hopeful mm -hmm. that a partnership would work, but, uh, there seems to be a consistent, you know, struggle in terms of growing your business that way. And there's obviously companies like Belay that have done a phenomenal job. What kind of tips would you give? Like what's a, how do you arrange a good partnership relationship? Is that a, is that a paid interaction? Is that a free interaction? How do you guys think, how do you think and how do you guys do that successfully? Yeah. So it, it definitely is a paid interaction, right? I mean, we have to, we have to have a win-win. Um, for each organization, for Belay and whoever the partner is. So there has to be something that um, we're each getting out of it, if you will. Um, so yes, we, we definitely believe in, in paid. We also have a partnership role here at Belay on the corporate team. That is this person's job is to identify uh, future partners and to nurture our current partners to make sure that Again, both sides feel that this is an equally um, satisfying relationship, if you will. But yes, yeah, certainly dollars come into play. Um, and is there anything, you know, I think the two big takeaways that I took from there is like strategically aligning your your vision and your, and your mission. It's probably Absolutely. a whole lot easier to get those two gears to work when the mission and vi vision are really, um, you know, kind of greasing the relationship. No question about it. We, yeah, we need the partner to feel confident when they're referring folks to us. Um, they've built a, a level of trust with their own client. And so when they refer somebody to us, they want to make sure that they're going to be well taken care of. Um, it, it wouldn't behoove them to refer to Belay if, if they didn't have that, you know? It, so I think, yes, it is, it is super important that um, our our values align and a level of trust is built. All right. Well, what an interview with Lisa. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Here were some of my takeaways or kind of the primary takeaway that I had um, from our conversation with Lisa. The takeaway really had to do with the fact that they'd been working as a remote and work from home business for the last decade. And that as the, the pandemic, the pandemic sort of set in, they started thinking about what was happening and how they could impact that. And they decided that they could take this kind of work from home environment that they created. They could package it up uh, in some material and then get that out to their clients as a way to help and serve them. And then ultimately I think the, the, the big takeaway, um, from my conversation with Lisa is at the core of the lay and what they're doing is a real servant, a servant heart to serve their clients uh, and the world around them. And then also it's just a refreshing sense of authenticity, which I think over the last couple of weeks has worked itself in, in the podcast, like the real importance of just being authentic. And I think you could feel that in her interview, you definitely could feel authenticity in the interview with Todd and then I know that Margaret in the co-video interview a couple of weeks ago uh, really talked about the, the power of that. And I think you could see that sort of lived out as we were having a conversation with her personally and then about the belay culture. So 
Um, again, Lisa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And if you want to reach out to Lisa, you can go to belaysolutions.com. And as always, if you want to get more on the podcast, you want to get more material, you want to listen to more content, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. 